chapter 13, verses 8 to 14. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Sorry, wrong translation. <laughs> okay, now. Yes, ESV. Once again, Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 14. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For, commandments, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love the, your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has, not, has come for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Amen. So you can tell how much voice I have. So obviously I'm not going to preach for a very long time today. You can hear me a little bit, can't you? <laughs> so, oh goodness, it's been a, a, a tough, tough January uh, in the tough last couple of weeks. And not only for me, I know a lot of people at City Temple have been struggling. Uh, several people have been struggling with sickness. This is by far the worst case of laryngitis that I've ever had in my life, uh, which is pretty bad. Uh, I've heard of people uh, connected with City Temple that have had problems at work because of their faith, because they're trying to live their life for Jesus at work, uh, and they're having troubles because of that. It's been a, a really crazy time, and it's been very frustrating. I don't know about you, but Sometimes when it gets this difficult and this frustrating, you just want to give up. You want to quit. You want to shake your hand and at the uh, shake your hand in the air. And I know there've been a lot of times when I've been having uh, a good heart-to-heart -heart talk with the Lord, trying to see what He's doing, trying to understand why everything's going on. And and so far, I don't have an answer. If I get one, I'll write a book and I'll make a million pounds. But, uh, uh, but the key thing is that we do not allow these things, no matter what are ha what's happening to us, we do not allow them to keep us from pressing on. We must not quit. We must not back down. Because, as Paul says here, our day of salvation, it's nearer than it was. Now that's kind of a duh statement. 
on one hand, because, yeah, it is near. Uh, and Paul here, he's talking actually about the return of Jesus. And that return is coming sooner than it was yesterday. We don't know when it's coming, but we know that it's happening. And we know that we're going through massive changes in our world today. Lots of upheavals, lots of opportunities. Incredible things are happening. And so Paul gives us this challenge to wake up. We've also been talking these last couple of months about how the time is ripe, the time is filled for the next outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come into the United Kingdom and across Europe. And so we need to wake up. We need to be alert to that and be looking for it. We don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but just like childbirth, when the baby's about to come, you know the baby's going to come. You may not know what day and what hour, but you know the baby's coming and you're not going to be able to stop it. And that's the kind of thing that we're in. And so the challenge is for us to wake up. And I'd like to suggest that we need to wake up in three ways. First of all, we need to wake up to ourselves. We need to wake up to ourselves. Many of us, and I do this myself, many of us get into a situation where it's almost like we sleepwalk through life. Have you ever done that? You know, where it's just like, oh, it's another day. I get up, I put my same toast in the toaster, I make my cup of tea or a cup of coffee, I go to the same job, I do the same things, I come home, have the same sandwich for lunch, uh, and the whole bit. And we get in these patterns. And sometimes these patterns are sinful patterns. Actually, many of us start living selfishly. And so first of all, we have to wake up to where we are being selfish and living in a self-centered way. Because ultimately, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Ultimately, it's not about us getting our way or our happiness. It's about Jesus receiving the glory that he deserves from our lives. So we have to be awake to our own self-centeredness, our own fleshly tendencies, and turn away from those. We also need to be awake to then the opportunities that God puts in front of us to serve, the opportunities that he puts in front of us to, to show Jesus to other people. So we have to wake up to ourselves. Wake up to ourselves. What, what's your gift for ministry? How has God called you to serve other people primarily? These are ways that we have to wake up. And we need to be looking for opportunities to live our lives to the glory of Jesus. Not in a self-centered way, but in another centered way and in a Jesus-centered way. So we wake up to ourselves, getting rid of the sinfulness, getting rid of, you know, he talks about a lot of sins, different kinds of sins here, drunkenness, orgies, sexual immorality, many other things. So he says, don't do these things. Because what happens when we start walking in sin 
and we persistently walk in sin, it dulls our senses to the reality of Jesus in our lives. So we wake up to ourselves. I'd like to suggest a second way that we need to wake up is we need to wake up to other people. Wake up to other people. Now Paul down here in the list of his sins, notice the couple of things that he mentions here. He talks about not in quarreling and in jealousy. A lot of times what happens is we get so caught up in ourselves, so caught up in what's going on in our own lives, is that we just start getting jealous of other people and we start picking fights and quarreling. You know, most of the stuff that we get arguing about with one another isn't worth it. Most of the time, the things that we fight about or we quarrel about, it's really a non-issue. Seems important at the time, but ultimately it's not really that important. And there's times when we get jealous of other people. We get jealous of what they have. We get jealous of what we perceive uh, they have, the advantage they have in their lives. We get jealous of their relationships. How many times have I heard somebody in the body of Christ just say, oh, I don't really like church because they're so cliquey and they have all these relational groups and things like that. And many times the people who are saying this have never taken any responsibility to try to build relationships. And you know, that is your responsibility. Otherwise, if you just think everybody's going to come to you and, and spend a lot of time and make, make all that initiative toward you, that becomes rather self-centered and self-focused. And then you start saying, I want people to come and meet my needs. I want people to come and meet my needs. I'm lonely. I, I'm hurting. I want other people to, to meet what I have, what I'm looking for. And whenever you do that, you begin to turn inward in your focus. And that actually becomes off-putting to other people. And they don't perceive that they can have a relationship with you. So we need to wake up in this time to other people. As Paul says here, we need to owe nobody anything except the debt to love. And love is a zealous, self-giving commitment to others for their benefit, not for our benefit. So we wake up, we wake up to ourselves, our sinfulness, our ministry opportunities, the ways that we can serve other people. We wake up to others then. We begin to, we don't want to argue or quarrel or have jealousy or friction as much as possible. We want to work together and stand together because we need one another. We desperately need one another uh, in these days. And third then, we need to wake up to Jesus. We need to wake up to Jesus. Now this might seem obvious because we're Christians and we want to walk with the Lord. But so often we get on autopilot when it comes to our Christianity. And we'll get up and we'll have our prayer time and we'll say the same exact prayer every single day. Uh, we read scripture in the same exact way. We go to church in the same way. Uh, we don't take any risks. We don't take any look for any opportunities. And certainly, we don't look for what Jesus is up to 
in the world around us, at work. You know, there are places in your work where Jesus is at work. We need to be looking for that, looking for how he's working and seeing how we can become part of what he's doing. There are opportunities to serve people and to love people. And you can see where Jesus is touching lives. And we need to look for those opportunities to connect in with that. We need literally to to put on Christ with our goal being that when people encounter us wherever we are, not using religious language, not getting up on our soapbox and trying to convert everybody, but when people encounter us, our goal should be that they feel like they've encountered Jesus. That's what putting on Christ is all about. That our language should reflect the language of Jesus. And you know, and Jesus didn't walk around all super religious. That was the Pharisees. Jesus was such a normal guy that many people, they knew that there was something special about him, but at the same time, he seemed approachable and completely normal. And that's what we need to do. So we need to wake up to Jesus, to how Jesus is working in our world and how Jesus is working in us. And so as we do this, as we wake up, wake up to ourselves, getting rid of our sinfulness, working in ministry, wake up to other people, seeing how we might bless them and encourage them, wake up to Jesus, we will prepare ourselves So when the Spirit of God is poured out in power, we will be ready for everything that he has. We're in an exciting time. Even though it's not so exciting to have laryngitis. We're in an exciting time. And I'm looking forward to what the Lord is doing. And I don't know exactly to what the Lord is doing right now. But I know he has a plan. I know he has a purpose. And I know the glory of Jesus will be revealed. So we wake up. And maybe I'd suggest one other thing that's not so much here in Paul. But it's all the way through Paul. And that is we need to wake up to God's grace. God's grace is lavished on us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of people, probably some of you here, are living with a sense of failure, a sense that you haven't measured up, a sense of loss, a sense of disappointment. I encourage you, again, to receive God's grace because God loves you so much. And his grace is lavished on us. That even when we fail, even when we stumble, even when we fall, he reaches down, he picks us up, he restores us, and he carries us on. And he's done that in my life, and I know that he'll do that in your life. So this is our challenge. Today, and in the week and months ahead, let's be awake, let's wake up to see what Jesus is doing. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much 
Thank you for giving me at least some voice to get through this time today. I pray that you'd be glorified. And Lord, as we worship you now, help us to wake up to your reality in our lives and enjoy all that you're doing in us and through us as we look for that day for this next great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. We love you and worship you and praise you and thank you for all of this. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.